You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Roman, my friend, did you know that 2023, the upcoming year, is going to be the year of the mid-sized truck? I did know that, Andre, <laughs> because uh, there have been a lot of videos promoting the new mid-sized trucks that are coming out next year. So in this podcast, we're going to give you kind of a roadmap yes. uh, to what's happening in the small truck world. Uh and we're going to talk about, well, why don't you tell us what trucks we're going to be talking about? Yeah, so uh, a lot of action is going to happen in this space. That's why we're doing this it podcast. vaguely dirty, Andre. Uh, no, it's not dirty. It's about trucks. <laughs> so first of all, we have some new information about the 2023 Chevy Colorado, yes. right? And GMC Canyon. Uh, recently, GM published a GM fleet order guide with some extra information about these trucks. They're coming early next year, in the first half of next year. Um, of course, Ford Range is going to be redesigned. Toyota Tacoma is going to be redesigned. And then I want to ask you about your experience at Honda, because you just saw the new Honda Pilot, because it could also translate to the next Ridgeline. Yes, there is a little bit of news there that we can certainly discuss. But before we get to this uh, topic, uh, I've got a bone to pick, Andre. It's a new segment calling. I've got a bone to pick. Okay. Uh, what bone? Is it with me? No, no, it's not with you. Oh. Uh, it's actually, I, I want your opinion on this, uh, and I want uh, our viewers' opinion on this as well. Uh, and that is, I was listening to our friends over at Inside EV. They were talking about trucks, Andre. Okay. Uh, and they spent an hour comparing and debating uh, which uh, truck uh, buyers should buy. And uh, Tom Malagny, who's become a friend of mine, so hi, Tom, if you're listening, had actually gotten three trucks in his driveway, which I thought was excellent. Yeah, so, dude, I, I also heard about that. Yeah, yes. so he bought um, a, a, a Lightning, mm -hmm. like we had. Yes. Uh, he also bought a Rivian, yes. R1T, and then uh, GM uh, lent him a Hummer. So he had what I would consider a mid-sized truck, which is what we're going to be talking about, right? The Rivian. Now, I know the Rivian's kind of weird. It kind of falls in between mid-size and full-size. Sure. But interior-wise... And basically, I would categorize it as a mid-size truck. Uh, then, uh, you know, Lightning obviously is a full-size truck. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, um, I would say that the Hummer is a heavy-duty truck. It is a big boy. Yeah, it's, you yes. know, it's wide. It's got the heavy-duty light. So he had the holy trinity of current electric trucks. Yeah, and so I was listening to this uh, rousing discussion that they were comparing and contrasting them. And I thought to myself, um, in real truck terms, right, it would be like comparing a Tesla Model 3 to a Tesla Model Y to a Tesla Model X because the three trucks don't really compete. Or maybe they do compete. Maybe I'm wrong. But to me, 
If you're out there shopping for a Tacoma, you're not out there cross-shopping it, let's say, with uh, a Super Duty uh, Ford or a Ram 2500. And, and in fact, by comparing those three trucks, that's what they were doing. And then I, I told this to Tommy, uh, and he said that because there are so few electric trucks, that people actually might cross-shop a Rivian with a Hummer with a Lightning. So are we... Am I off? Is my bone picking wrong? In other words, uh, will people cross shop those three electric trucks or should we keep categorizing them in kind of the classic truck terms? You are wrong, Roman. Okay. (laughs) Fine. I'm good with that. I'm sorry. I'm good with that. No, no. I didn't mean to uh, say it it that definitively. I'm good with that. Uh, No, here's where I am. I I think I'm a little bit more with Tommy. Okay. Because right now, those are the only three. Mm. That's, That's true. I mean, the Silverado EV is not out. The GMC EV is not out. Ram EV is not out. Uh, Toyota is not doing anything electric right now in trucks, um, other than their hybrids um, in the Tundra. So, and when you look at price, I think you should look at price. Fair. Because the Hummer is about 112, 115,000. The Rivian could approach 95,000 or 100,000. And of course, the Lightning can approach 85, 95,000 as well. All right, but what if you look at parking? <laughs> <laughs> which is the way most people live with their trucks. Yeah. Specifically parking it in a garage <laughs> where the Hummer, uh, I actually, tr- I had the Hummer and I went to my health club yeah. uh, and I couldn't park it because <laughs> it was too tall. It was, I was trying to watch it and it was just scraping underneath Can't it. you like drop the air suspension or, I, could, I mean, it I could, doesn't let you. I could have dropped the yeah. air suspension, but I was worried that I'd forget to, you know, drop it. Because right when I got <laughs> yes. back into it yes. from the health club, I would have forgotten to lower it and then I would have rammed it into like a very uh, expensive water pipe that would have caused all kinds of havoc. So, so that's what I mean. Like, like I, I get that. Let's say you're all these trucks that we're talking about. They're not traditional trucks, right? You're not buying them for the most part. If you're, except maybe the Lightning, you're not buying them if you're, you know, uh, looking for a truck to suit your uh, towing needs or your hauling needs, right? You, you might be, but for the most part, these are lifestyle trucks. But Gosh darn it, when it comes to parking, <laughs> there's a big difference between a Rivian R1T and a Hummer EV. And you're yeah. going to have to park them. And also, I mean, these And three your wife's tra- going to have to drive them or your husband's going to have to drive them. Yeah, so the good thing about the Hummer, it has four-wheel steering, right? It kind of makes it more nimble. So like in a Walmart parking lot, you can actually maneuver yeah, but, the Hummer. But that doesn't help you. Um, that that doesn't, doesn't make it, doesn't shrink it in width. It doesn't shrink it <laughs> at all it or height-wise or yes. width-wise. Yes. Um, it does not shrink it. But like in the Lightning, actually, when we had the Lightning for a few months here in our fleet, it actually doesn't turn that tightly. You know, it's just it's kind of a big beast, uh, this, the Lightning truck, as any F-150 would be. Um, and the Rivian is a whole other animal. Uh, like you said, it's smaller, right? It's a little bit more narrow. Uh, and they have different payload, different kind of towing capabilities. I mean, the Lightning and the Rivian are kind of close in towing um, numbers, at least. But... Yeah, the Hummer is a whole different animal. Well, the Hummer is basically an off-road vehicle. Yeah, and it's also like just a... It's, it's a single it's purpose... Sh- it's a show-off vehicle. It's a single-purpose off-road vehicle. That's what it was designed to do. That's why I said it would be like comparing a Model 3 to a Model Y to a Model X, right? The, the Model X is a big family-hauling vehicle. I would compare that to the Hummer. And not, not directly because it doesn't go off-road, but the Ford Lightning doesn't go off-road at all, right? So it's not... It, I mean, it does go road. off-road, but it's, it's not... not good at it at it's all. Not, it's not good at it. Yeah. And, the, and the Rivian is good at going off-road. Yeah. So I guess maybe I'm wrong, but I'm kind of right in some ways. So yeah, th- no. 
you're right that there are different classifications of truck, right? Right. You're absolutely right there. But I think we need like the Tacoma electric truck to compare to the Rivian. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And we need the Silverado EV to compare to the Lightning. And we need something else to compare to the Hummer. But they're not here yet. Uh, so let me ask you this technical question. Those classes of truck, and now we have a fourth class, which is, of course, the compact truck, right? The Santa Cruz and, of course, the Maverick. Are those designated officially by, like, the government? Are there classifications where those live in by the government? Or are those just manufacturer-designated kind of categories? Well, the, the government still cares about the gross vehicle weight. Okay. That's how they classify vehicles. So, so if, they're, if you're doing by GVWR then potentially a Rivian is a heavy-duty truck. <laughs> yes. So uh, the way you define the classification 2B, yeah. class 2, lowercase b, is over 8,500 pounds, between 8,500 pounds and 10,000 pounds, like a Ram 2500 would be. Rivian falls in that category. That's what I said, yeah. It's, it's an it's a AC it's, truck. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. Because of the battery, yeah. Uh, and the Lightning is in that same boat, too. And the, the Hummer is over 10,000 pounds of gross vehicle That's weight. beyond that boat. <laughs> so, so it's a really brave new world, I would say, that mm. we live in. All right. Well, I think I've, I've taken up enough, enough of everyone's time with I've got a bone to pick. Okay. Uh, so let's go and talk about midsize trucks. Uh, and once again, midsize trucks, once upon a time, were the smallest category of trucks. Now we have uh, two smaller trucks. Uh, which actually aren't going to be new, so there's nothing happening in the compact truck segment. Well, not yet, at least, right? Uh, well, for 2023, Ford introduced the Maverick Tremor, yes. so they kind of have an, a little bit more off-road version. And there's lots of rumors. I, I cannot tell you how many messages and, and comments we got about the RAV4 Toyota pickup truck. I know. I saw all those. <laughs> so is Toyota going to have a compact truck? Well, they haven't announced it officially. Yeah. But I think... To everybody out there um, listening and viewing, uh, I think it makes sense for Toyota to go there. Yeah, and then will the Santa Cruz become a hybrid because it's based on the Tucson, which is a hybrid? And to the best of our knowledge, the answer is no. So there won't be a hybrid Santa Cruz to compete with a hybrid Maverick, at least not in this generation. At least not yet. I mean, they haven't announced it yet. I was, so. And I think Tommy, somebody, oh gosh, so, and I forget if it was either Tommy or if it was one of the other journalists I was talking to about this. Maybe it was Alex from... Uh, his YouTube channel, he actually asked Hyundai about it, asked one of the engineers about it, mm -hmm. and they said that the Santa Cruz was not engineered, even though it shares the chassis with the Tucson, to have the hybrid powertrain. Uh, Just it, because of the layout yeah, of, yeah, of the vehicle? Yeah, it's okay. not engineered to do it, so they, they didn't think that it would have it in this generation. Well, everybody wants a Maverick hybrid all-wheel drive, because right now the Maverick hybrid yeah, exists, I know, I know. but it's front-wheel drive only. I know. So, so yeah. So maybe that's coming. We don't know. But that's a whole new class. I mean, it's a whole new compact segment that we can talk about later. All right. Well, let's um, talk about what we do know, yeah. uh, which is uh, the 2023 Chevy Colorado and GMC Canyon. Uh, we actually know quite a bit about those uh, sister, brother, cousin trucks, whatever you want to call them. So let's go through what we do know. Yeah. And so the new generation of the Colorado it will come out, like we said, in the first half of next year, 2023. And they're going away with the short cabs, dude. So they're going crew cab, four-door cabs. All The entire lineup is going to be crew cab. Diesel, gone. Diesel, gone. Uh, uh, Six-speed automatic, gone. Four-cylinder gas engine, gone. 
Uh, now it's a V6 gone. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the tried the, and true V6 is gone. Yeah, as well. the 3.6 V6 is gone. Now it's all going to be 2.7 liter turbocharged four cylinder engine in three different power levels, right? All the way from 237 horsepower up to 310 horsepower. And I, what I learned this week, Roman, is that they're going to have two separate eight speed automatics. So the higher horsepower versions of the turbocharged engine will have a different code for that eight-speed. So I'm assuming, um, and I don't know all the details yet, but they're going to have different ratings on the transmissions as well. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I got to tell you, Andre, when I saw those trucks, including the new uh, Bison uh, and Desert Boss, right? Mm -hmm. um, was there a Bison? There was a Bison. The Bison is not announced yet. No, so it's a Desert so Boss. They're I'm calling this. We have an image here. The uh, they're calling it ZR2 Desert Bo Boss. Boss. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the uh, accessorized ZR2, and the ZR2 is coming back, of course. So I, I thought they were quite handsome. I, yeah. actually, I actually thought that they uh, did a better job uh, than on some of the vehicles that GM's been. Uh, Designing, uh, I don't want to diss GM, but I think they knocked out of the ballpark. They're just good-looking trucks. Uh, they seem to uh, be kind of uh, modern and both uh, off-roady and on-roady at the same time, which is hard to do when you think about it, right? So the, the off-road versions feel like uh, they're tailored to be very design-languaged to, to be off-road, whereas the, the, the city trucks look elegant and sleek and, you know, like, like here, here's the thing, right? Here, here's the rule. If you have um, a two-wheel drive square body, you slam it. And if you have a four-wheel <laughs> yes. drive square body, you lift you it. Lift lift it. it. Yes. Uh, and they're two very different things. And, and in this generation of truck, they both look like they could be slammed or lifted, I guess. And that's not easy to accomplish. Yeah, and a lot of you um, commented on the new Chevy Colorado. Uh, and actually, Jim C. Canyon has a really different um, uh, styling to it. But a lot of you said that the new Colorado looks like a Tacoma. And I don't quite agree. I think the, the front end of the Colorado looks very, um, you know, just kind of uh, unique in its own way. Maybe the profile with the kind of the doors maybe looks a little bit like a Tacoma. Um, Nathan and I went to the State Fair of Texas and we saw different versions of the Colorado all, all next to each other. So we did a video about this. Um, but I do think it's a handsome truck. Um, take a look. Yeah, I, I, like I say, you, you can tell like the rugged one next to the kind of trail bossy one next yeah. to the city slicker one. And, and they all really work. Uh, when you were next to him with Nathan, was there any buzz around him? Were people looking at him? Did you have a sense of what, you know, people thought of the we, trucks? Well, we were there on the media day. So, uh, so what did the other journalists think? nobody there. Um, you know, they didn't have a work truck. Hmm. You know, that's always where kind of my heart goes to, like more affordable truck. They didn't have one in person, but they did have the Z71 for some reason, the Z71, it's shown in silver, has 20s. You know, Z71 traditionally is an off-road trim, and for some reason they're showing it in kind of a more city orientation. Um, I, my favorite is actually the Trail Boss. It's kind of a middle of the road. It's not a ZR2. It's not a city truck. It's kind of middle of the road with beefy tires, um, and they're going to have uh, G80, so the rear you know, lo um, automatic locking differential. Um, and is yeah. the Desert Boss going to have a front locker as well? Yeah. Because right now it's the only midsize truck with a front locker. Well, no. Because no. the Gladiator Rubicon. Oh, that's right. The Gladiator, uh, the Gladiator sorry, Rubicon sorry, has, fans. A, uh, has a front <laughs> locker. locker so, yeah. so, yeah, it remains, uh, the ZR2 will remains with a front locker too. Um, so this is very exciting. 
all the pricing is not quite available yet, so we don't have all the pricing information. But you know what I saw also Mm-mm. is that gross vehicle weight ratings will be for mo- for some models of the Colorado will be at about sixty two fifty, which in is o- good for businesses. Yeah, in other words, you get that tax discount. Yeah, so you can get a tax discount for these Colorado trucks as well. Uh, and then how about towing? Up to seventy seven hundred pounds. So it seems like that's the limit. You know, the new Super Duty came out, right? Um, and they said, 40,000 pounds, let's push it higher and higher and higher. Uh, but for Colorado and Canyon, the next generation, uh, I think they're content with 7,700 pounds. And I think, why go higher? I mean, if you want to tow more than this, get a full-size truck. Hey, so uh, before we head over to the Ford Ranger, uh, you, d- you don't know about this, but I just got off the phone uh, with Andrew uh, over in Boise, Idaho. And as you know, we've been on the hunt for a cheap uh, full-size truck. Yes. So let's let's talk about this uh, before we get over and move on to the Ranger. So as you know, guys, if you've been watching or listening to this podcast, you know that we bought a Hummer EV, and I'm still feeling mighty guilty about that because a <laughs> $112,000 truck is a lot of money to spend. Um, and I felt like, you know, uh, we, we should be also bookending that with the least expensive truck that you can buy. So um, let's go through that process. If you guys are out there looking for a least expensive truck uh, in the full-size segment, not, mm-hmm. not heavy-duty, not, once again, uh, mid-size, but full-size segment, we know that, you know, you can get a Ford Maverick pretty cheap. But let's say you want a full-size truck and you have the capability of that. Uh, the cheapest truck out there right now uh, is a Ram Classic. You want to kind of talk, talk about what a Ram Classic is? Yeah, a Ram Classic is basically a previous generation Ram 1500. Yeah, they were supposed to build it for one year after the new one came out. And, and now it's into its fourth year. <laughs> no, you just keep building both <laughs> generations at the same yeah. time. Which I think smart. turned out... I think that's smart, actually. Actually, it turned out to be a really, really super smart thing for Ram because they have multiple factories going, yeah. right? When one factory may have you know problems with components or shortages, the other factory can kind of you know, maybe step in and vice versa. So, so, so they're building both generations, the new one, uh, the DT generation, and then DS generation trucks at the same time. So we wanted to buy the cheapest truck, and the cheapest truck right now is a classic, so a Ram. It's not a Ford. It's not a Chevy. Uh, it's not a Titan. It's uh, not a Toyota either. It's not and, a Tundra. And in terms of pricing, um, they start out, if you were to configure, if you were to go to Ram's website, I want a classic work truck with nothing on it, which is almost impossible to find because the dealers order them and they never order them with nothing on them because they make no money on that. But you would get the Pentastar V6. Mm-hmm. You would get the short cab, two-door. You would get the long bed, and you would get two-wheel drive. Yep, now that's that, it. That, that truck, if you could find it, which you can't. We uh, tried. We tried. Uh, is anywhere from like thirty-two, depending on incentives, to maybe $35,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were looking for that truck, and they're all either white, <laughs> silver, or black. Even though you can get other colors, like red for free, uh, they don't cost anymore. But, right, right, but, right. But, but, but they're not ordering right, them. Cause, yeah, because yes. these are trucks that, like, advanced autos or, you know, pick any of the other uh, parts. Actually, stores. we found one red one. We did find it. It was in Minnesota, I believe. And, and somebody had ordered it. It was sold. Yeah, somebody, I mean, somebody, somebody custom ordered yeah. it for their business. Yeah. I'm going to say they had a red business. <laughs> I think it was a plumber with a red logo. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there you go. So, so we were looking for that truck, and I spent a lot of time looking for it. But at the end, I gave up because I, I had an epiphany, which was that we never, because we don't keep these trucks for a long time, right? We keep them maybe for six months to a year, and then we move. Basically, we take the money that we put into them, and we buy the next truck so that we can create more content. So we're not 
flipping trucks. We're not buying trucks to sell them, but we are buying trucks to create content. But you guys get bored of them, so then we get rid of them. Anyway, um, um, so I had this epiphany that we could never sell a two-wheel drive truck in Colorado, which is true. Which which is very true. Which is very true. Yeah. Uh, Or we could lose money. Or we lose a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. You you could do it in Florida. You could do it in Louisiana. Arizona. Arizona, But you're not going to do it here in Colorado because first thing that people do when they move here from Louisiana or Arizona is they, 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 they make it through one winter and they realize they need a four-wheel drive. Yeah. Uh, so then the, the, the truck I thought that would be cool because you could lift it and it would have a good approach, departure, and breakover angle would be to get the two-door short bed with four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Ram announced what, Andre? Well, they announced for 2022 model year, it was going to be the last year of the two-door cab with a short bed. Mm-hmm. They're discontinuing that configuration. In 2023, Ram 1500 Classic continues, but... Uh, you couldn't order the short bed anymore. Yeah. You had to go with the long bed, which kind of turns it into a really uh, just a work truck focused on work and nothing, really not much else. Yeah. I mean, look, at some point when, when we buy this truck, we don't want to have a little bit of fun with it. We want to create something interesting with it. And if we get the short bed, then we can lift it, right? Because it's perfect. And it has, you know, good yeah, wheelbase, right? Good wheelbase, yeah. yeah. You don't want the long and bad breakover. So we can lift it. And they're pretty unusual, those two-door short beds. So I found one in Boise uh, that uh, the dealer had ordered there. Uh, okay. And I just got off the phone with him. It looks like it arrived uh, in at the not, – not at the dealership, but they ship them by train. Uh-huh. They're built in Mexico, and they ship them by train at the – whatever they call that, the port or dock or well, – it's not a dock. It's I'm sure there's a name for it. How about the rail, rail yard? Rail yard. Okay. And so now they have to take it from the rail yard to the dealership, and then the dealership has to do the, you know, the prep. But that truck is going to end up costing us. Um, how much? What's the sticker on it? Tell me what the truck has. You know what it has. Yeah, so I was just looking at it, but we've been waiting for it for several weeks. We have, yeah. And it, um, was, it was pre-ordered. We, didn't order, we couldn't order it because it closed. 2022 order books are closed. Yeah. 2023 doesn't have that short bed two-door. So I was looking at the uh, at the sticker for this truck. It's at around forty one thousand, which is still this is before incentives. Yeah, and there is some incentives on this truck actually. Um, it has it's a tradesman with a chrome package. It has which the I'm tone. not in love with. I'm not a big fan of chrome. Uh, me neither. How much was that? It was like five hundred bucks for all the chrome. Yeah, it was like eight hundred dollars for chrome bumpers and chrome mm. wheels. Maybe we can swap the wheels. We'll out. definitely swap the wheels for yeah. something off roady. So. Um, that's we can't change that. Yeah. Uh, it has a towing package, which is uh, actually great. Yeah, except it doesn't tow. Well, that's that's a different story. <laughs> How much does it tow, dude? I think it's like five thousand pounds. Wow. And that's because of the rear axle. So, so this Chevy Colorado, if you configure right, tows seventy-seven hundred pounds, and our full-size truck tows five thousand pounds with or, a tow package. Yes. And that's because it has a rear axle, which is like 321 to 1. Long story, but we'll do a video about that. Okay. okay? Yeah. So you have to be very careful when buying a truck. You have to look at that particular VIN, at that particular truck, and check its towing capability. Because don't let the dealer just sell it to you and say, oh, you will tow anything. You know, just, and, just take it. And actually, Ram makes it easy. They have a VIN decoder where you can take the VIN of any truck, and you can plug it in. And it'll tell you how much it will tow. It's on their website, yeah, ramtrucks.com. Yeah, 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 it's great. So that's a really good towing guide. Um, and then it has it. So it does have a hitch in the towing package. It has carpet floors. Really? Which was like $700, yep. but, but that sounds expensive to get carpet floors uh, for that much. And it has another convenience package with keyless entry, Roman. Keyless entry. Our TRX did not have keyless entry. That always was quite the, 
quite the head scratcher, right? We had this $80,000 truck where we had to use the fob. We couldn't just walk up to it and push the little button. Yeah. So, so this is the truck, and we could... It looks like we will have an incentive on it, so we will be paying less than forty thousand. Okay, for it, right? Yep. So I'm pretty excited. I'm hoping. You know, the goal was to find a truck for, give or take, around thirty-five thousand dollars when it's all said and done before tax. Tax is a whole other thing. But yeah. I thought thirty-five thousand dollars today for a brand new truck with four-wheel drive is a good price. Yeah, for a full-size truck, yeah. not a Maverick once yep. again. Yep. So yeah, so we're, uh, we're looking forward to that. Hopefully we can go up there and get it very soon. Uh, and that's, that's gonna be pretty amazing. Yeah, I know. Uh, and uh, uh, if all goes well, Andre, we'll be flying out this weekend to go pick it up uh, and then drive it back here. Uh, and then um, we've got some really special plans for it because I've got a fun idea of what we can do with it. I think you guys are going to love it. I don't like to like like tease at things because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I hate they're like oh we got something coming up but we next can't week talk. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, th- this does have to be a surprise because if we if we spill the beans on it it won't be as interesting uh, and I'm super excited because I want to see what you get for you know mid thirties uh, and today with the average new car price being forty eight thousand do you know what the average new truck price is. Do we know that number? No, not off the top of my head, but I think it's insane. I, I, I mean, don't think every it's, price. I, is new, if, if the average new car is forty-eight, the average truck has got to be up there too. Probably in the, now in the fifties or something. I would bet, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is which is all the prices are still going up, and uh, thankfully there's some incentives now, right, on new vehicles. But but usually, um, you know, they're actually marking up most super duties now. Can you believe that a works heavy duty truck is being marked up now at the dealer? Wow. Wow. What, you know, just wow. Yeah. Anyway, so that's why we wanted to get uh, a a basic truck and hopefully uh, see what it's like and and see if you need all the bells and whistles. But we do have carpet. I actually would have rather had the uh, vinyl floor. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can just rip the carpet out. There's a carpet, you know, now with the carpet, we got to go like to WeatherTech and see if we can get some mats, you know, so that we can actually, you know, get a dirty because this is going to get very dirty, I think. Very dirty. Yeah, with, the business, the, with the business plan I have in my, it's going to get very dirty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we move on, I wanted to show a picture of the GMC Canyon. So if you're watching nice. us, thank you. Uh, I, I think, it. first of all, it's very, it's not the same look as the Colorado. It's quite different, and I think it's actually better. What do you, what do you think on the Canyon styling? Uh, I like them both in different ways, Andre. Okay. Okay. So this to me feels a little bit more uh, sophisticated. Bougie? A little bit more bougie. <laughs> Uh, whereas the Chevy version feels a little bit more everyman, but they're both good. I think yeah. they did a good good job. I think they walked that tightrope uh, between being over and understyled. And uh, with the Canyon, it's only going to have the high output uh, version of the turbocharged engine, which is 310 horsepower and 430 pound-feet of torque. Once again, 8-speed automatic across the board. I don't know why they didn't go with the 10-speed. I, I, my opinion, I, th- I think they should have gone with a 10-speed, but it's going to have 8-speed, like we said. You know, um, th- I-, I can see why people say there is a little bit of Tacoma in it. There's a lot of, like, intersecting you, lines. Yeah. You, c- you can kind of see where, uh, you know, the very boxy, kind of very uh, horizontal versus vertical kind of lines that go across it uh, are very prominent. So well, I-, I can kind of see that. Well, the Tacoma is still king of midsize segment. Uh, the October sales numbers came in, and Tacoma sold about 21,000 trucks in one month of October. And, and I'm kind of getting used to the, the new design where 
the headlights really aren't the headlights, right? If you look at it, <laughs> the, those top squinty lights, right? Those are actually uh, the daytime. marker lights. Yeah. And then the big, the small, like little uh, squarish, roundy lights are, are the actual headlights. That's kind and of they're crazy. lower. Yeah. And they're now lower. Yeah. 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 Which is quite interesting. That's good. And uh, I like the fact that, like, the middle one uh, has a built-in winch, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a, a winch to a truck, to an off-road truck, is like a spoiler to a sports car, right? Whether you use it or not, uh, <laughs> it's pretty important because it makes you look uh, very active lifestyle, like like you're out there, uh, you know, Matt's recovery, right? You're out there helping people who got stuck in uh, quicksand or something. Well, you, you know you could do it, right? Do we even you, have quicksand here? I don't think we have. I think that, I don't think quick we have. Quicksand. I don't think we you have. No, I think I found it in Utah once. Really, in real quicksand, or you could like no, in the Humvee. Like, I was dr- I was drowning. When, when, when I was a kid, I used to watch these Saturday movies where the, the <laughs> defining moment was always the hero would fall and <laughs> somebody <laughs> would walk and just. It was sink. just. It's great for movies, right? Because you're slowly <laughs> sinking and you know you're gonna die, and then you get that movie cliche where the hero has to lend a hand to the you know, to the person stuck in quicksand, and then it's, you know, it's like they're, they're will they hold on? Will they let go? Will they pull them out? Um, all right, well, that's enough of <laughs> movie lore. Let's move on uh, to the Ford Ranger. Uh, and it's a 2024, Andre. Interesting. Yeah, this is confirmed by Ford. So I asked them a couple months ago, is the next generation Ranger going to be 2023 or 2024 model year? And they said 2024. And now, of course, the current Ranger, you could configure it online. It's 2023, so that's confirmed. So um, so here's a weird thing about the Ranger. Uh, just like this generation, right, the Ranger first was introduced in Australia and Europe, and then we got a version of it with steel bumpers because Americans like steel bumpers for some reason. Yes, we do. At least that's what Strong Ford Strong bumpers. So the... the, 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 the and Ford, I'm sure if you ask Ford, so I'm talking to you, Ford, I'm sure you, the PR department would say that this is an American Ranger and it has very little to do with the European Ranger, but I'm not that sure about it. So here's an issue. So I, I have an image here if you're watching us on TFL Talk. Uh, this is a prototype that's now actually now on sale, the next generation Ford Ranger Raptor, which looks really, really cool. But there's no surprise anymore. This truck is on sale in Australia, in Asia, and other markets. And when it comes to the U.S. a year from now, you let's know what say, the surprise would be? What if it came with that diesel? <laughs> that would be a surprise because that's a diesel. But, but everybody knows what it looks like. How am I gonna be there saying, "Look at this all new Ranger," and it's been out for a year? <laughs> surprise! We put the diesel in, <laughs> and then it's hilarious because like. We, we, we covet the diesel, and Aussies and Europeans covet our <laughs> twin turbos. Our twin turbos. <laughs> and we can't agree. We can't agree which is better. I, I can agree. Look, diesels are great, but I'd rather have uh, the, the, the twin turbo because even though it may have more um, complexity in some ways, Actually, diesels are also very complicated. That's yeah, well, the, you know, with DEF fluid and yeah, there's a lot like of complexity. Uh, it's a lot cheaper in the long run to work on uh, gasoline-powered engines than diesel engines. And but, diesel engines last long, but God help you if you got to have a mechanic work on it. But also with a V6, for example, or a straightforward uh, gasoline engine, they have higher horsepower usually. Yes. Right, and that's I think that's kind of what you want in a smaller vehicle. You want you know, you want to just kind of accelerate quickly. So we don't know much about the next American version of the Ranger, but we do know that it's currently built alongside the Bronco, right? So we, I think it's going to share a lot with the Bronco. 
will it come on 37s? <laughs> you know, the Bronco Raptor comes on 37s, right? With a three liter V6 EcoBoost engine. Uh, we haven't seen a Ranger prototype on 37s at all. So what we're guessing at is either a 2.3 inline four turbo, right? Yes. Or a 2.7 V6 EcoBoost or both, depending or on, both. on the model with a 10 speed uh, standard across maybe, the board across yeah. the board because that's what the current f-150 has uh, and you're right will it have 33 35s or 37s don't know maybe at least 33 maybe it'll have all three of them <laughs> depending on the tremor yeah. the regular fx4 and of course the raptor version yeah uh but uh you know you've written in the note ford sold 50,302 trucks this year january to october uh and um, 97 315 Broncos this year. Uh, so that's a significant number of trucks and Broncos. Uh, and I think yeah. Ford is production constrained, if anything. Yeah, so the reason why I wrote down production numbers for the Ranger and the Bronco, well, first of all, they're at the same factory, yeah. right, in Michigan. Uh, but the Ranger numbers are down year over year. And I think it's because, like you said, uh, um, production constraint, right? Uh, everybody wants a Bronco. They're building a lot of Broncos, but of course, uh, I think the Ranger is, is uh, struggling because of this. Now, the one thing I would say about the new Ranger, not the 2024 one, but the current one, is um, while I like the truck, it's kind of a anonymous truck. I, I, it just kind of blends into the background for me. And I don't know if that's because of styling, or I don't know because it's been around a while and I've gotten used to it, but it never, like, like I never, like, pops when I'm going down the road and I see a Ranger. I'm never like, oh, wow, that's a cool Ranger. And I don't know, like I say, I'm not trying to diss all you Ranger owners. I just feel like uh, it's, uh, in some ways, a very conservative uh, design uh, uh, exercise because they wanted to um, make it well, palatable for as many people as possible. But also, it's been around for a long time, it's like you said. Around. I mean, it came out in Australia and Europe and other markets years ago, and now we got it, right? So, so I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's been around a lot. And we are used or, to the or, way it looks. Or maybe it's, Andre, maybe it's because I live in Colorado, we live in Colorado, uh, and the Tacoma is such a, <laughs> such a heavyweight in yes. terms of sales, and people like covet the, 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 the Toyota here, and then when they do get them, they just build them up, right? It, it's not unusual to see three of them with rooftop tents on them, with, you know, uh, lifts on them, with uh, big tires, tires yeah. and bumpers. So, so maybe in retrospect, the, Ranger is more of the like the work truck or the everyday truck that you use to commute. Whereas if you're in that mid-sized truck segment here in Colorado, I'm not saying that's true in you know wherever you live, but here in Colorado, it's a truck you're gonna like put a lot of money into, and you're gonna create it into your ultimate overlander or off-road or whatever you know you want in your in your truck, your your dream truck. Whereas yeah. the Ranger might be more or less the truck that you then use as a you know daily commuter. Or uh, a work truck. I, I don't know. I'm guessing but, at that, and that's just my sense from where I live. And I found that a lot of it has to do with where you live. Absolutely, it's really regional. And I, I know a lot of people who are also lifting Rangers, right? Um, and at least I see, you know, the um, these folks on Instagram and other social medias. So, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't lift it. It doesn't mean it isn't cool when you lift it. I just think this is like different you know, purpose, maybe. Yeah, it's just Colorado is so like I don't know Tacoma like crazy. The same thing with Subarus, right? This is this is like like if you're thinking about I need a basic car to get me to work, uh, winter and summer. Oh, Subaru just comes to mind immediately. All-wheel drive, yeah. affordable, safe. Exactly. It's just going to be Subaru yeah. because that's what my neighbor has, and that's what his neighbor, her neighbor has. That's just how it goes. 
All right, well, let's jump to the Toyota Tacoma. Now, we were expecting a new uh, Tacoma next year, uh, but it uh, doesn't look like it's going to be until 2024. Yeah, so 2023 Tacoma's already on sale. Yep. Uh, it's the same truck with a couple of changes. Uh, the prototypes are out. They have been out. I caught, for, one. I caught one in the high country, remember? I was right next to it. Yeah, so I think we've seen a very similar prototype in the high country. You saw it, I saw it. I think everybody else and their brother has seen one now. And it's interesting because usually when we get them in, when I say high country, I mean like up mountain testing, right? Usually when we see them, there's this cadence that happens, right? So they're up there testing usually a few months between, let's say, three to six months before they're unveiled at the auto show because then they continue testing them even after they're unveiled. Mm-hmm. And then, let's say, six months to a year later, they hit the dealerships. Uh, so we were expecting this new Tacoma to be out already, at least in terms of being unveiled as a 2023, and then for sale sometime next year as a 2023 model. But something, I think, happened at Toyota. Somebody put the brakes on. Or maybe it's much simpler than that. Maybe, because I think this is true, you tell me if I'm wrong, they're selling every Tacoma they can build, so why yes. do you <laughs> want to rush the new one? It's the same story as the Forerunner. Yeah. Forerunner is, did you know, is that true? Forerunner has a five-speed automatic still? Yes. In, we just, in we just 2023? I know. Okay, so it's the same case with the Tacoma and the Forerunner. They sell everyone they can build. Uh, they sold 21,000 Tacomas last month in the U.S. They're very successful no matter what they're doing with, with the Tacoma. So why redesign it, like you said? But here's the rumor, right? So, well... Here's not the rumor. The, what we do know is that it will share kind of chassis components with the Tundra, right? Because the Tundra has a new platform now. They're going to shrink it a little bit for the Tacoma and use a lot of the same frame, some of the suspension design, just on a smaller scale. And we think, this is my opinion, is that it's going to use a four-cylinder turbocharged engine that un- was unveiled in the Highlander recently. Hybrid? No? Yes? I, maybe? I, I'm, I'm thinking hybrid. Okay. I'm thinking hybrid also, but I think it'll have two versions. Okay. Right? There has to be an affordable Tacoma, non-hybrid, and I think the hybrid will cost more, but it will be more powerful. It will be, of course, efficient, I hope. So like, like the Tundra roadmap. I, th- I like think that. so, yeah. yeah. I think it'll TRD use... TRD Pro hybrid? Uh, I hope so. Yeah? Yeah, I hope so. But what about the Trail Hunter? Yes, what about the Trail Hunter? Let's talk about that. I just saw it in Vegas yes. as a Tundra. I know. Yeah. I know. So this was a surprise to me. Let's talk about that. So because this might be coming to the Tacoma, yeah. tell me about the Trail Hunter. So the Trail Hunter is a new trim. Um, and here's what Toyota did at SEMA 2022, um, which is an industry show. I mean, everybody knows about SEMA. Uh, they're saying their positioning Trail Hunter is kind of an overland, long trip, camping trim level. So I almost see it as like a ZR2 Bison type of trim level, which, which takes an off-road truck and adds suspension for kind of heavier payloads. They're going to have a lot, of, a lot of accessories, including bed racks, tents, bumpers with tow hooks uh, on the Tundra. So if you want to see that vehicle, go to altfl.com, uh, and you can see it there. Uh, Andre did a video from SEMA. Uh, and uh, keep going. And I, and I asked people know where they can see it. Yeah, and I, I asked Toyota. I was like, "Is this up on top of the Pro? Right, TRD Pro? Obviously, will still be there." They said, "Not really. It's going to be, according to Toyota, it's going to be kind of a two-headed approach. The Pro is going to be more for fast speed off-roading. You know, it has the Fox shocks. It has kind of a fast off-road character. 
uh, then this trail hunter trim is going to be for slower, you know, kind of a rock climbing or rock crawling or, or also long driving, overland driving. So trail hunter. So I read the comments that people uh, had on your video, and a lot of them thought that they had undertired it. <laughs> I hate that. That's a funny word, undertired. You know what's, uh, what's also undertired is Tacoma prototype. Right, because they gave it a lift, and yet... The wheels were what thirty three tires, yeah. Yeah, but but by the way, they said this is a concept, right? Okay. So don't read everything into it. They had, um, I believe, they had icon shocks underneath it, so different shock technology. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be kind here. Yes. Because I, I'm in a kind mood, <laughs> but the comments were not positive, Andre. You know, like I remember when the Warrior concept came up for the Nissan. Remember, you can every, tell every comment. Yeah, every was, comment was like, "Build it, take my money." Uh, and this one, everybody was like, uh, "It's a tundra on stilts." <laughs> and also, people. I'm not commented, saying it is. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Uh, you read the comments and that. Yeah, and I also they didn't announce pricing, but I'm assuming this is not going to be cheap. No. Right, because you're modifying your chassis. But what I like about the concept of the Trail Hunter is that Toyota is taking a holistic view. Right, it's a factory built. This is not ha something that happens at the dealership. Right, you're not adding bumpers at the dealership or lifts. This comes from the factory this way. You order it with whatever equipment you want. Uh, the suspension is designed for heavier weight. Um, I like that concept. I just hope they price it right. I hope that, like you said, the tire matches the truck. So here's my belief when it comes to like if you want to if you want to have street cred. And I'm talking to you, Toyota, Nissan, Chevy. Actually, I'm talking to all three of you guys. Uh, and this is what I've kind of gathered from the comments and from putting my finger in the wind and seeing it, where it's blowing. If you want to have street cred in the off-road truck world, there are three things that determine like the halo truck, right? The three things are relatively straightforward. First and foremost... Uh, it's got to have different design language, so wide or bigger, taller, you know, muscular, right? That's that's pretty straightforward. Then you got to have better suspension. So, you know, I think you got to either have active suspension or you got to have uh, uh, something that is, you know, built Some, by King or something Fox. badass. Yeah, you yeah. know, reservoir shocks, right? Something with a lot of travel. And then the third and most important thing, which ZR2 doesn't have, is you got to up the horsepower. So now we're talking Raptor, we're talking TRX, right? And when you create and build this Halo truck, which then becomes the Halo, right? The, mm -hmm. the, 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 the light that shines on the rest of your product field, then you can go and fill in the rest of the spaces. Then you can create the Tremor version if you're Ford, then you can create the Trail Boss. But if you're trying to build it the other way, where you're kind of working your way up the scale, uh, you, you get a lot of pushback because people feel like, I want to buy something from a brand that has these, you know, it's like it's like Porsche does the GT3 or the GT3 RS, mm -hmm. Chevy has the Corvette, right? So if you want to be taken seriously at now, you got to have this Halo truck. And the problem with the Trail Hunter, especially with the name, is that if you put a Trail Hunter up against a TRX or, God help you, a Raptor R mm -hmm. or even a Hummer EV, it's going to be left in the dust, right? Because it doesn't have... It doesn't have the power. Well, it doesn't point. have the thousand or seven hundred horsepower, right? Right, and I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying that that that, that uh, people won't buy it. I'm not saying that there aren't a lot of Toyota fans out there who will think that this is a top dog. But in the kind of the bigger ethos of things, if you want to compete uh, on that scale, then you got to go. You got to go big, and then you can go smaller. I, I agree, and for maybe a slightly different reason, I was talking to several dealers. Um, 
And what I think dealerships like is to put that halo truck in the front, right? You put a TRX in front of your Ram dealership, and it catches attention. It's big, it's wide, right? It's, it, you know, people know it has Good a supercharged point. engine, and it brings people in, even though they may not afford the TRX. Maybe they don't need it, but it creates excitement, right? And uh, GM has put a supercharged V8 into an Escalade, but they haven't put a supercharged V8 into a Silverado. So I think that was a missed opportunity on, yeah. on, on Chevrolet's part. Yeah, and I don't know how much it costs to create that kind of, you know, halo vehicle, right? It's not cheap. It's, it's not cheap. I mean, if you look at the Raptor R development, how much time and money they spend. But I, I think, you know, you're going to put money into advertising, and if you look at it as an advertising, uh, uh, I, I don't want to use the word gimmick because it's not a gimmick. If, uh, let's call it an advertising exercise, right? Uh, and take some money out of the advertising budget and put into that. I think it, it does serve the manufacturer well. Uh, and for a long time, I think Ford led the way with the Raptor, and then Ram got into the game with the TRX, and now Ford is doing the Raptor R. I think these manufacturers, if they want to play – uh, uh, in that world, uh, especially in the full-size truck. Let's face it. Look, look. the Toyota Tacoma owns a mid-size truck segment. They've got that. They do, right? <laughs> they know how to do that. Yeah, they're, they're, they, they sell over 200,000 units a year. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they own that space. But they're not, you know, they're in fourth place when it comes to full-size trucks. Uh, and for some reason, the, the, the plan, I, I'm not saying that they want to be third or second or first, but I do think that they want to sell a lot of truck. The plan that they've been following, which is relying on reliability uh, to sell more uh, Tundras, is not the same and is not working as well as what Ford and Ram are doing. Because let's face it, those two are, are really kind of and they're the gaining. Way. I think they're gaining market yeah, share. Yeah, these halo trucks. Yeah. As long as you could produce enough trucks, right? Ford ran into this it, problem. It, it doesn't matter how many you produce, though. Because, look, I think the, the Raptor R is already – we just got an email from somebody who is paying $35,000 over sticker. Yeah. And, and people are paying $50,000 yes. over sticker. No, on but the what I mean is there's a field of Super Duties and F-150s waiting for components. Yes. Right? And, and like, people like who – Ford logos. <laughs> <laughs> and Ford logos. So, so people who ordered their trucks and they're excited about their new truck cannot get the new truck, which is a problem. But it's a different problem. But how about in terms of like money? I, I bet you that Ford makes a lot more money selling uh, a Raptor or a Raptor R than they do selling even a regular Ford F-150 Platinum. Well, yeah, if you look at the Raptor R price... It's one hundred and nine thousand, and so do the dealers. So yes. there's going to be this natural progression of. That's why we're buying a thirty-five thousand dollar truck. But there's going to be this natural progression of people selling, uh, you know, n not people but manufacturers and dealerships wanting to sell these ultimately expensive trucks until the whole house of cards comes falling down when the economy goes bad, which is probably something that will happen. I kind of feel like we're on the precipice of that, but that's a whole different conversation. Hey, so uh, before we get on uh, to uh, the other two trucks that we have on this list, yeah. uh, let's talk about Patreon. Yes, uh, we um, love your support on Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash TFL car is our only page and supports the entire old TFL um, community and and network all of us so i really appreciate your uh, your support um i have been following your comments and questions i don't have any new ones right now do you see any do you want to read that one because i think that one kind of cuts to the heart of it from don what's his last name don megahan yeah we so we just got this one from don and i actually wanted to talk about this because it is something that i think we need to uh, kind of uh 
put you know kind of kind of air out let's air out this because uh, he's right so why don't you re- read the comment and then let's talk about why we decided to take an old truck and electrified yes so this is from don thank you don once again for your support and your comment i see you have not gotten as many views on your new electric f100 project as i'm guessing you wish you had maybe you can do um come off road comparisons against the hummer or others uh, please uh, maybe do some drag races. Those videos always get views. So basically what Don is saying, um, he knows we have a project, F100 Electric. Yep, uh, the Chartzilla, as you named we, it. We call it Chartzilla, and we are publishing it on TFLEV. You could see it all there, alltfl.com, once again. And the second episode we'll publish in a few days. Yeah, so basically the first sentence he's right. We're like, I think we get the first one got, you know, we live and die by views here because that is a representation of how popular uh, you think or how uh, well-received the video is. Uh, and, of course, the more views, uh, you know, the more successful that video is because we get paid by views, of course, based on advertising. So when we have a video on a video series that we put a lot of love and care into and it doesn't do very well and 17,000 views for us is not very well, you know, I look at anything under 50,000 views. And Andre, you worked your butt off. We partnered with uh, a couple of companies to actually make this happen. And they worked their butts off. They worked their butts off. Um, so let's talk about the companies. Yeah, so Legacy V is a, basically a company that um, can help you, anybody, uh, come up with an electric kit to electrify anything. You can electrify a Ford, a Chevy, a Ram, anything. Um, VWs, Porsches, etc. So Legacy EV was uh, one Legacy of our par- EV, and, w- and the uh, other partner was? Uh, 101motors.com. They're based in Mesa, Arizona. 101 Motors is partially a dealership, uh, partially a customizer, a builder. They build Hemi-powered Jeeps. Um, and they're very, very skilled, and they were actually doing the work on this truck. All right, so let's talk about the comments that we've gotten and the reality of the situation. Because also Fox Shocks. Oh, Fox Shocks, yes. Fox Shocks. Uh, they did the Shocks for it, yeah. so thank you, Fox. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the reality of it uh, as well as the perception. And, the, you know, we're in, the, we're in the making movies in some ways business. I mean, we are journalists, but at the same time, I think we're very close to um, film magic well, <laughs> in some ways. Well, we like to have fun, entertainment. We like to have entertainment, yeah. yeah. But so, so, so here, here is... The magic part of it, and here's the reality part, right? When you buy that truck, and it's got an old Ford straight six in it. Uh, and a four-speed and, manual. And a four-speed manual, and you put it up, and it's lifted. Somebody, It's basically somebody built a, a four-wheel drive kind of... Kind of a work truck slash yeah. fun truck, right? Yeah, it was kind of a hybrid between a heavy-duty and a full-size truck, right? It was a farm truck slash... Uh, work truck. And it so, wasn't two colors, you know, yeah. it was green, it was orange. But it looks cool because it, it obviously was green originally and then the orange faded. So when, when you buy that truck and you make a video, you, you feed into this nostalgia that people have for old trucks. And, you know, when you see us driving it either on dirt or on road and you see us actually doing things with it, like taking it to David's ranch, mm-hmm. it creates kind of a movie vehicle mystique around the thing, which means, you know, uh, it, it takes... All, of the, all of those kind of conceptions that you guys have in your head, uh, the melancholy, the love that you have for America, uh, you know, all the films you've seen with old trucks, and, and it kind of amps that up. So it makes this really wonderful video where, where the perception is that this is just a really lovely bit of Americana, and we're, we're kind of 
driving the, the, the love that people have for not just trucks, but for the country and for nostalgia, right? Yeah. So that's the perception, and we understand that very well. The problem <laughs> is that that's not the reality, right? The reality is that that truck, the way we got it, was a tractor. Uh, it, yeah. Literally, it was so a tractor. Le, let me give an example okay. or a couple of examples, yeah. right? So you and Tommy purchased it, right? Yes. You found it on Craigslist. Yes. Um, I think immediately you jumped in the car. Yes, and you and, went to get it, yeah. And you went to get it because During you... a major snowstorm. Yeah, you fell in love with it, right? Yeah. Uh, instantly online. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you bought it basically right there on the spot. Yeah, for like we paid six and a half or 7000 yes. I forget, yeah. Uh, $6,500, I, I think, was yeah. the price originally uh, for this 1965 Ford F-100. And then to- Tommy, on the way back, the heater broke. The heater core heater broke, broke uh, exploded. Yeah. There was f- uh, coolant dripping on his feet. Yes, uh, as he was driving, he couldn't see. Yeah, because there, there was, was a, there was steam coming out of it. The steam coming out of it. It was very dangerous. This truck barely stops. The brakes are completely, uh, you know, just awful single cylinder brakes uh, booster. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just thankful he got home. Okay. Yeah, without without you know flying through the front windshield and having his face ripped off because that's not safety glass in the thing as I've recall. And, and also a steel dashboard. There's yes. no airbags. Right. You, nothing. You've got you've got basically a, a spear for a steering wheel. A steering column is a spear. <laughs> uh, not a lot of space. So okay, but we still fell in love with it. Right. A second example. So we've had it for a couple of months. We we to- Toby helped us improve it. Right. Yes. Uh, we fixed the, um, the heater, heater core. core. We fixed some of the brake issues because he went through it and actually added a, a emergency brake as well. Um, but then it just sat because it was so hard to drive. It's no. It's uh, it's a tractor. It's it, it's a great tractor from 1965. In other words, if you that ha- you could deliver hay in. Yeah. Or if, something. You, if you had a farm in 1965 and you wanted to work on your farm or your ranch, this would have been a great vehicle. Uh, uh, and, you know, if you wanted to listen to a country song about dirt roads, this would have been the vehicle. But the reality of actually driving it in modern traffic and living with it is we had, we had the same problem with the Scout. We bought a 1962 Scout, uh, and that thing sh- shook, rattled, and rolled so much that, that you felt like it was going to fall apart on you. You've got a straight-six uh, Ford, which is dead reliable, but which puts out like 12.5 horsepower, Andre. <laughs> Seriously, you know, th- this thing will do 55 miles an hour, but it feels like the world is coming to an end. Yeah. It's, it's that dramatic. So then you're, you know, it's like a Model T. The, the, the reality of a Model T is if you buy a Model T, there's one and only one use for it. You know what that is? Cars and coffee? Not even that. You don't, you don't never <laughs> see a I wish it was cars and coffee. I've, I've very rarely I've seen, seen one. That's very why I rarely it. seen a maybe. Okay, so one and okay. a half. I'll give you a point five. Okay. It's a parade. Fourth of July. You, 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 you go down the boulevard. You start the Tin Lizzie and you, you take it in and you throw candy to the kids and everybody's like, "Wow, it's a Model T." But in real world, it's it's not usable. And the problem with that truck was it wasn't safe. It wasn't powerful. It wasn't usable. And yes, our video kind of did play upon the nostalgia, but in real world terms, you, you said it right. It sat here in front of our office. For months. For mu- well, Yeah, because there was nobody who was going to want to drive it, right? There was th- and, and by the way, uh, you know, Tommy is an old soul. He yeah, loves he old loves, metal. He does. Case is an old soul, loves old metal. Mo- many of us really love older vehicles. None of us drove it. It was really hard to find third gear or... You know, because you start in second, and then you go to third because it has a granny glow, right? Almost impossible to find third. Um, and 
just rattles and just shakes. And this is where kind of we live at this weird intersection between like entertainment and consumer buyer reviews, right? So entertainment-wise, incredible truck, right, for making videos because it's cool, it's fun, it taps into all this old nostalgia that people have. But as a vehicle that you would actually drive or use or somehow make 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 use of, there was nothing we could do with it. So we thought, well, why don't, and I don't like, actually, I'm not a big fan of electrifications in some ways because when you electrify something, what you're doing is you're taking it out of the time capsule, right? And you're locking it into two different time zones, right? So let's say you have a classic car and the beauty of a classic car is that when you get in it, uh, you feel like you're back in the day when that thing was built, right? You smell the interior. You, smell, you feel like, you, you yeah. feel like, let's say it's like we had that Mustang and you feel like you're back in the 80s, right? <laughs> with, with you know, uh, Miami Vice and, and all, you know, the, the Eagles and Don Henley, right? Uh, Girls of Summer playing whenever that was on. You feel like you're back in that time and it's wonderful. And the problem is when you electrify it today, um, you make it this weird monster tr vehicle that, that has that classic car um, interior and time capsule effect, but a modern uh, powertrain. Mm -hmm. And so it's not quite a time capsule and it's not quite modern. So it's got the downsides of the classic vehicle, which is it's still not very safe. Uh, it's still, you know, shaky and rattly. It's shaky and rattly, uh, but it loses some of that kind of cool nostalgia where you got to go, and it starts yeah. up. You lose all that. And then the other problem becomes if you move forward in time, even though you're making it modern with the electrification, I'm betting the 10, 20, 30 years from now, the batteries are going to be much better, and the stuff we're putting into it today is going to look pretty ancient and old. It's like iPhone 1.0. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that's my problem. But the fact was this truck was such a tractor that we thought, we, hey, let's, let's actually make it usable and drivable for somebody who wants to actually be able to use it on a daily basis as opposed to just have it sit in the garage and come out on the 4th of July. And we wanted to breathe new life into it. And that's yeah. what the series is about, Chartzilla. Um, first episode was about kind of showing the truck and introducing the project. The second episode that's coming in a couple of days is going to be the build. Yeah, but we're getting, you know, once again, electrification has become political. And now the reason that people aren't watching it is because the, the comments, you know, are very typical. Like you took something that was classic and cool and made it into something that was stupid and dumb. Uh, and we understand those comments, yeah. but classic and cool and usable are, 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 are three different so things. Vehicles cannot be museum pieces for us. For us, yeah, exactly. There, there has to be moving. I agree. A vehicle is about motion. So if this truck wasn't moving, we now got it to move. Yeah, and then, and so, then, and then it, the other, quite honestly, the other reason we did it was because uh, Legacy EV said that when, they, when they're done with this thing, they're going to donate it. Uh, or auction it. I think they're talking to, about to auction, scholarships. Yeah, auctioning it off at Bear Jackson, and the money's going to go to a, a worthy charity. So we donated the truck basically to them to electrify, so that the money, instead of sitting in a parked truck in front of our offices, will help go to the, to the next generation of people who want to work on vehicles. So that that was, it felt like a win-win. And unfortunately, the the concept that we had uh, does, didn't translate into reality in terms of kind of views and people people getting excited by what we did to it or what legacy did to it. But, but can I do a but? Yes, please. Uh, TFLEV, uh, 
we have eight channels. Yes. So if you want to see heavy-duty trucks towing, go to TFL truck. Yeah. If you want to see details about electrification, go to TFL EV. So what I'm hoping is this project can do is, yes, 17,000 views or 20,000 views is not a lot, but I'm hoping it runs deep, right? The, the, the 20,000 people who watched it really, you know, were interested in it. And hopefully it creates some ideas, you know, new battery technologies, new motors, whatever it may be, uh, new, you know, interpretations of this. I'm really hoping that it runs deep and um, it inspires other people to innovate. And, and it did make it drivable. I mean, it took a very slow and ponderous tractor and made it into something that could keep up with traffic. And if you think, um, you know, we're just saying that, I drove it from Tumbleweed to David's Ranch. That's about 35 miles. I, I didn't use the brake once, by the way. Yeah, and then the it's other got regen. The other cool thing is we had it over here at the Overland Expo, and people kind of walked. People up were to, flocking to it, walked from up to everywhere. It, and then when they saw that, you know, under the hood was no power, they were like, "Wow, that's cool!" So there are people who appreciated the fact that, you know, we gave an old vehicle new life and had it move down the road so that it still has more uh, usefulness than than you know sitting in some field riding away into a lawn art. Yes, which is where it was going, unfortunately. All right, let's finish this up. We're kind of running out of time. <laughs> 2024 Jeep Gladiator, Andre. Anything well, new? Uh, we don't know. I'm really hoping um, they can update maybe the powertrains. 4 by e version. Yeah, we don't know. So there's a big hybrid. controversy yeah. about plug-in hybrid powertrains and trucks, right? Right. Uh, our friend Tim Esserdal recently did a video about this too. Um, um, a lot of us um, have been arguing about this, and I came to this maybe a similar conclusion to Tim's, is that... What's the controversy what, first? Is it good? Is it a good next step? Hold on. Be, so, hold on. So there's two kinds of hybridization. So the Tundra is a mild hybrid. So it's got a small battery. I don't know, let's say one kilowatt hour, 1.5. And basically it's used to give it more torque and give it a little bit better fuel economy. Yeah, but you have to be careful when you use the word mild hybrid. Uh, I would say a Tundra and the F-150 hybrids are hybrids because you can use for limited mile, like one or two miles or whatever, electric power only. So, so it can run on both. So are you talking right? about plug-in hybrids now? Like now I'm talking about plug-in hybrid. Okay. Because so 4xE in the Jeep world is a plug-in hybrid so where the battery is larger. So then you have like a 30 kilowatt hour battery. Yeah. I think it's 17 in, in the Jeep. 17 hour kilowatt hour battery. And then it gives you like anywhere from 20 to 25 miles of all electric range. You plug it in, it charges up. And then once the battery dies, you can power it with a traditional yeah. internal combustion engine. So you're adding weight and complexity to a vehicle that's already there, right? So they have the Grand Cherokee plug-in hybrid 4xE. They have a Wrangler 4xE uh, plug-in hybrid. And everybody's saying, will the Gladiator be plug-in hybrid and we don't know yet they haven't announced it yet but i'm wondering if this is good right i mean is that a great next step because you're adding complexity you're adding weight so you're subtracting payload potentially you're subtracting towing potentially so well, is it good well, for it would, the truck it would seem like the best solution for the towing problem which is electric trucks don't tow very far is to have a plug-in hybrid because then you get the best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds, depending with you, if you believe the glass is half full or glass half empty. But with a plug-in hybrid, you could potentially get long towing range. And regen, right? And regen. And yeah. then when you just want to putt around town, you could do it on electricity. So I think this argument is still playing out. Obviously, we don't have a plug-in hybrid truck of any kind. So Ram might be the first one. We, maybe, but but Toyota is really great at this. I mean, they have the Prime RAV4, they have the 
prime Prius, Prius Prime. They have, they have been doing hybrids for decades. So if anybody can do it, Toyota can do it. But the reason I said Ram is because Ram doesn't even have a hybrid truck, let alone an electric truck. So there's, yes. there's space in the market for Ram to for come along. Yes. And I say Ram, it could be Jeep. I'm talking about Stellantis now. I should mm -hmm. be more specific in my language. Stellantis has this opportunity where they could become the first plug-in hybrid truck, be it midsize, full-size, or heck, heavy-duty. Why not? Yeah. Why not? So, so, yeah, so we don't know. Uh, the Jeep Gladiator is currently available with a gas V6 and a turbo diesel, eco diesel V6 still. That's available um, for just a few more months. Um, and the manual transmission is still available in the Gladiator. All right, well, let's wrap this up. We're running out of time. How about the Honda Ridgeline? So the bit of news that I have, of course, is that I just got to see the new Pilot, which shares the platform with the Ridgeline, and they've upped the gear by one, Andre. Now it has a 10-speed. From 9 to 10? 9 to 10. And it's got a brand new, well, all right, so Honda calls it a brand new uh, V6, 3.5 liters, 285 horsepower. I think it's 262 pound-foot of torque, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and so, you know, it's the same basic specs as the old one, but Ram says the internals of the engine are all new. So will that powertrain make it to the, to the ridgeline? I think so. I mean, it would make sense. It makes sense because yeah. they're talking about efficiency too. Yeah. And the Ridgeline, by the way, is getting more and more popular. It's just kind of like this, uh, it was under radar for a long time, but now they're selling almost 4,000 Ridgelines a month. So they're almost selling as many trucks as Ford Rangers. Yeah. So, you know, the Ridgeline is classically the truck that everybody needs, but nobody wants. <laughs> <laughs> That's it has been, that issue. It's always been yeah. the rub, right? It's got it's got it's got the best ride in some ways of any midsize truck. It's got the best ergonomics, right? Uh, sur super just comfy, both front and rear row. Uh, it's got some very clever engineering with that uh, tailgate that opens up both uh, horizontally and vertically. It's got that built-in giant uh, trunk underneath the and the uh, bed is a speaker. The you bed can play music. The bed has a speaker. Yeah. Uh, it's got a ride of. Uh, it's basically rides like a crossover. Like if you didn't yeah. know there was a bed behind there, you wouldn't you wouldn't suspect. And it's fast. It's freaking fast. Yeah. There are some downsides. When we tested the last midsize truck shootout we did, which is a long time ago now, uh, the transmission did overheat when we went well, off road with it. Yeah, because we we're moving slowly. Uh, That's and not our fault. <laughs> what are we supposed no, to do? no, it's not our fault. But they do have really excellent all-wheel drive. But the transmission may have issues. But that was all old transmission, of course. Uh, that was a six-speed, I believe. Uh -huh. um, and also, not enough ground clearance, Roman. <laughs> I mean, the chin on the ridge line is r really low. It is, uh, and. Uh, I don't think that those things have changed with these at H Honda Performance Development, right? H yeah. HPD version, uh, which is cool. It looks cool. It's got those kind of funky wheels and, you know, more, uh, I'm going to say off-road appearance tires because the tread is still not off-roady. But now with the, this is another thing we can talk about, with the new Pilot, they've actually put real ATs on it. They've put, get this, Andre, recovery points and skid plates. So if they're doing uh, a trail uh, version. Trail sport, right? Version of the Pilot, how much of a stretch would it be to have a trail sport or whatever they I, want to call it of the Ridgeline? I think it's very natural. I think, Honda, you should do that fast. Um, build up on momentum. They have momentum with the Ridgeline. Build on the momentum and sell more. All right. Well, there you guys have it. You've wasted another hour listening to my oh, thank babble. You. Thank uh, you. And Andre's astute commentary. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that. And we really appreciate that you guys tune in. Uh, and, uh, you know, check out alltfl.com if you want to Stay on top of not just, you know, the truck world, but, of course, the car world where Tommy's 
doing the classics and where Case is doing motorcycles and where, you know, I'm hopefully living somewhere in between all that. We'd love to have you guys come and check all that out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and a special thanks to our Patreon members who actually make this podcast possible. Yeah, and thank you for bringing that comment uh, or a question from Don. That yeah, thanks, really, Don. We really, appreciate really it. Really good. See you guys next time. Ciao. Thank you, guys. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.